Blog Talk Radio. Morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry and our hope and prayer for our listening audience all over the world is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at www.yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, God is Love, Justice, and Truth. And we've got a special guest in our studio today, and I am so pleased that she took time out of her busy schedule to stop by and to bless me and you, our listening audience. So I want to say welcome to Nakia Isabel, and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. Hello, everybody. My name is Nakia Isabel. I'm excited to be on call with Ms. Brown and just to bring this conversation to you all about God's love, justice, and truth. And I look forward to just going in and diving into uh, more of who I am. I am from Seattle. I am a spoken word artist. And most importantly, I'm a child of the king, and I'm just a vessel yielded to God and what his plan is for my life. Okay, wonderful explanation. We can end the interview now because you just answered all my questions. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to read the promotional material, which I always do, and it says, Today, people are looking for love, justice, and truth. The masses are standing up and demanding fairness in our neighborhoods, on our jobs, and in the streets. You might ask, who can I turn to for love, justice, and truth? In John 14 and 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. If we are in relationship with Jesus Christ and know him as Lord and Savior, then we will demonstrate love, stand for justice, and know the truth, and the truth will set us free. So, Nakia, Miss Isabel, I met you, or I want to say probably back in June of this year. I was thinking it was March, but I think we settled on sometime in June. And it was at a youth rally that was being hosted by the Union Gospel Mission here locally in Seattle, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. And I was so impressed that I remember walking up to you, running up to you, and asking if you would consider and pray about being a part of our, that's Yield to the King Ministries, Harvest for the Hungry fundraising event. But I realized then that I didn't know much about you, and today Mm -hmm. I am dying to know more. So can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you lived and when you were growing up, maybe a little bit about your family life and any significant childhood experiences that you'd like to share? Yes, sure. So I um, thank you for that great introduction, (laughs) and I'm excited to kind of just share more of myself with you. Um, I am one of nine 
I grew up in Seattle, Washington. I have five sisters. I have three brothers. I am the middle child, so um, I am used to kind of being the eldest. Um, one of the things that I appreciate about my parents is we grew up with the foundation of faith and, and church. Um, but one of the things growing up, since we didn't have a lot in terms of materialistic possessions and riches, we were rich in love and we were grounded in oh. faith. And so just growing up, I said I, I wanted to be an example to my siblings and my family, cousins, generations um, behind me and both before me of setting, um, breaking cycles. And so it was really uh-huh. important for me to set a new standard for us. And so I, I was the first in my family to go on to a college and graduate from a four-year university. And I don't say that to brag or to be better or say that I'm better than people, but I, like I said, I really wanted to create a new standard. And so my focus was, okay, how do I do that? Well, it's doing something different, you know. And so mm-hmm. I really thank God that he was able to utilize my education in basketball. I played basketball one year at Twin Falls uh, at the College of Southern Idaho and then four years at Pepperdine University. I'm a proud Cleveland High School alumni of Seattle, Washington. Um, but God <laughs> really utilized faith in basketball really to kind of like be my outlet um, and it was uh-huh. those things that I've been able to connect with, just different people, organizations, and doors have been open. And I've always had a passion just for words and writing and affirmation. Um, but I would say those are kind of the things that kind of have propelled me uh, in growing up, but definitely have to give the credit to God first and foremost and my family Amen. and the village of people who surround me. So, yes. Amen. Amen. Nine nine children, so you have eight siblings. How special is that? Wow. Special, <laughs> yes. And we have yes. something in common. I, too, am a middle child. I have two older sisters and two younger sisters, and so I was a big sister to my two younger sisters, so that that's pretty wow. special. So, so you, you play basketball. I don't think I knew that, and but I'm but I every now and then I'll go onto your Facebook page and kind of see and and support what you're mm-hmm. doing and pray with you because I promised that I would do that. But let me ask you this 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 next question. I know that a lot of times men, you know, we, we we're growing up and and we think about or we think we know, uh, we dream about what it is that we want mm-hmm. to do in life, and sometimes our parents mm-hmm. influence our decisions or family traditions have a say in what we do, and what we choose mm-hmm. to do, but. I heard you say that you broke a cycle. You were the first one in your family to go to and graduate from a four-year university. So I want to say congratulations because that's huge. Thank you. That is huge. Thank you. Yes, and and praise God for that, too, that he gave you the focus Absolutely. and the discipline to do what you needed to do. So I want amen. to ask you this, though. How early in life, amen, amen, yes, how early in life did you map out your career path? And what did you want to do? And did your path change at all? And if so, how? Sure. Uh, So growing up, like I said, basketball was huge for me. I started playing in third grade. From a child, I was like, oh, I want to go to the WNBA. I want to go to college. When I get to college, I'm going to meet my husband. When I graduate, we're going to get married. I'm going to go play overseas, and then we're going to come back and have a family. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my, uh, you got it all mapped that, out, that, didn't you? <laughs> I know. So isn't that funny? But God is so funny in terms of that's not what happened. I think college is a great way to just uh, for God to like come in and just kind of show you who you really are away from your family and your comfort zone. And so uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. that did that did change. Um, I became an advertising major. I've always had a passion to just encourage people and specifically for young people because I was a young person that often sought out, like, I I wanted mentors, I wanted leadership and things like that. And um, coming from a big family, I mean, I had older siblings and things like that, but it would would have been cool to have somebody to walk with me. So from a young child, I always wanted to be in a position where I could walk with people. And so, um, yeah, my – my path changed. Uh, I started off as a sports medicine major. Uh, I failed uh-huh. out of that. And so I went to my academic advisors, and they were like, we told you, you shouldn't probably, just because it says sports, that doesn't mean that you might that might be the path for you. And so we came back to the table. I majored in advertising. I chose it because it was very general. Um, and uh-huh. what happened after that? is I graduated, I came back to my university at Pepperdine, I helped coach and kind of be a mentor to the student athletes of the women's basketball team. I went back to Idaho and did the same thing at my junior college. And then I went through different paths. I was a college access now coach at a um, former, at a high school here in Seattle. Um, I did some Uh YMCA camps and summer expeditions, rock climbing. I worked at LA Fitness, did some uh, maintenance, and then I was at a youth uh, adolescent shelter called Youth Care, and I did some work there for a year, and then now it brought me to my current position, which is a professional mentor with an organization called Friends of the Children. No, I did not plan this out, but when I look back over my <laughs> life, I could see the favor of God, and I could see him yes. doing what he says in Romans eight twenty eight: all things work together for the oh. good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so there were a lot of things in my life that, in my mind, it's funny, like the, it says in Proverbs, like, a man can plan his ways, but ultimately oh, it's God yeah. that brings him to fruition, right? And I'm summing that uh-huh, up. So uh-huh. for all the Bible scholars uh-huh. that are like, it doesn't say that, but that's my own version <laughs> of it. And so <laughs> it's just interesting, like, yeah, I had a plan, but I think as I grow older and mature more in my faith and my relationship with God, I'm learning how to yield. Um, uh-huh. and just kind of be ready for, like, the shift when God moves me. So, yeah, I had a plan, and it didn't – I wouldn't say, no, it didn't all map out how I wanted it to be, but now I stand here where I know I need to be. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. That's 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 good. So you're not only are you allowing God to uh, be a lamplight to your feet and to guide and direct you to where he wants you to go, but you're also reaching back you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and pouring into the lives of others. And so everybody needs an accountability partner and a mentor and someone who they can aspire to, to be like, not because of, you know, themselves, but because of the character mm-hmm. and the uh, the person that they are. And usually there's some sort of transformation that has occurred in their life too. Wow, that, that's cool. So I'm going to go back to the evening that when I first met you, I remember so vividly running up to you and you asked me to pray for you. That was the first thing out of your mouth. Your demeanor was so humble. And that same Mm. spirit is evident today as I watch and remember when you were uh, ministering to us during the fundraiser in September, 
you know, you shared a little bit about your testimony, but your spirit is just, you're humble. And, and I, I, I appreciate that. So I know now it's not an, it's not a fair assumption. I know now that you know, Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and savior. When did mm. you meet Jesus? And because of his transforming power, describe kind mm. of how your life journey is going or has gone and and how it is that it has shaped the direction in which you're going today. Sure. Thank you. Great question. So as I alluded to earlier, um, my parents, like, I, I feel like the first person, the first place that I could go um, or the first time that I was able to leave the house, my mom probably took me to church. <laughs> and so I really would say that I was born and raised in church and I developed mm-hmm. my own personal um, relationship with God at a, a young age. I was baptized uh-huh. when I was 12. Um, I, I said the sinner's prayer. I Honestly, I don't really even recall the age, but I know that I've always had like a relationship with God and I credit that to my parents because we grew up in church and that's where my uh-huh. foundation was. I would say as I got older, though, like, I think there's a difference between religion and going through the routine of church and having a personal relationship with God. And so Absolutely. I would say my, my college years um, and my high school years um, were very pivotal in that area in terms of, like, I've always felt like I've been a misfit. Um, and it, it literally is because I feel like the call and the favor of God in my life. And I think uh-huh. anytime you're walking in that, and even when you try not to walk in it, because God's light shines, you can't. You could try to do other things, and you, but you can't be successful because that's not what you're called to do. And even when you try that's to do right. it, people will be like, "Hey, you're a church girl. You're not supposed to be doing that." Or you know, God will meet you in those areas. And so, like I said in college, those were like years where I was away from my family. I literally got to really experience God on an even deeper level. Um, and uh-huh. really just kind of be in my word, be really honest and transparent in where I was at and literally tell God, like, yo, what does this mean? What does faith mean? How do I walk with you? How do I be transparent? Man, when I make a mistake, are you mad at me? Do you not want to talk to me? You know, like the culture of some of the things that come up in our minds of, like, God just being this tyrant where he's just ready uh-huh. to condemn you when you're wrong. And that's not who God is. God is love. That's right. And I think one of the things that I learned too is that, and I'm continuing learning, is like as I submit myself to God, right, like it says uh-huh. in Romans 12, 1 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is in Christ Jesus. And so yes. as I allow God to transform and renew my mind, literally it's a process that is happening every day. Right. And so, no, I'm very imperfect. I have a lot of flaws, but like Paul said, God's grace is sufficient for me. His power is made perfect in my weakness. And so then I don't have to, you know, try to hide behind the image of perfectionism, but I can embrace my imperfections knowing that Jesus is perfect and he's perfected me through those things. And so I just thank God that I'm learning that I serve a God who loves me unconditionally for who I am and he has a call on my life and how to boldly walk in in that with grace and truth. And, I mean, I'm surrounded by a village of people who love me. I have, like, some dope, some amazing best friends, a best friend that she literally, like, walks through me, walks through life with me, and I appreciate, like, that, like you were saying, accountability. Um, I have a family Uh that loves me and – 
also holds me accountable. I have a church family and pastors also that pray with me and hold me accountable. And so I um, learned too from my that God doesn't want us in isolation, you know, and I think a person right. who has been hurt, sometimes we try to hide and we try to fight alone, but that's not, we can't win the battle alone. You know, like the Bible right. says, the battle isn't ours. In the first place, it's the Lord's, and he made us to commune together, right? And so I think, honestly, yes. my relationship with God is being developed and shaped daily, but it's as I surrender and as I yield to him that he really helps me to be bold and walk boldly in the call that he has for my mm. life. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Amen. So you speak with such wisdom. I have no idea what your chronological age is, but I just hear wisdom, and I just I so appreciate that. And thank God for your parents. You know, we didn't we don't yeah. get to choose our parents. God chose our parents for us, and 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 gave us to them. Right? They didn't get to choose us either. Right? And so I just thank God for your your upbringing and how it is manifesting in your life today, that foundation, that true foundation was laid at an early age. So life is interesting. I've heard a little bit about your journey and uh, how you've ended up where you are today. I believe that we have seasons in our life, and this particular season Mm -hmm. in your life has you ministering to people in a very artistic, uh, artistic way, but a powerful way, by sharing the word of God, the spoken word. So how mm-hmm. did you become a spoken word artist? That is so funny. It's even funny to hear that right now. I'm like, what? Is she talking about me? Um, <laughs> so I would yes, say, I like am. I, like I said, <laughs> I've always had a passion for words and writing. I think it started uh-huh. off writing letters to myself, writing letters to my friends, and literally, like, I love rhyming. I think that anybody who has a gift to, like, rhyme in the flow, I've always, like, thought that that was just so profound. Um, and then when I think about, like, music, uh, I see the impact that it has on generations uh-huh. and the legacy that it leaves behind, even when the artist is gone from the earth, like, their voice and their artwork still remains. But my first spoken word piece that I written was, wrote was called uh, purpose, and uh, oh, that was probably in 2012. I was um, I went to Bakersfield, California. My aunt was sick, and so my family sent me down um, just to kind of like help and just be with her for a few months until she was able to get on her feet. And it was there that I had spent so much time, kind of like by myself and just kind of in reflection. And that's when I really, I would say, start writing. Um, and uh-huh. then that just was continued to be that continued to be cultivated over time, and um, I just gained this passion just to write. And then I would listen to other spoken word artists. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like rap and hip hop, but I am a fan fan of it when they're talking about something of substance. And so uh-huh. just uh-huh. listening to how they're able to kind of like ride a rhythm and have cadence and things like that, I think those were things that were very, very, very encouraging and inspiring. So I started writing, like I said, I want to say that was 2012, and then um, things were just coming to me. Like as I'm reading my words, as I'm looking at the climate of the times and I'm observing things going on in my city and my community as I'm at work and I'm seeing how um, youth are being treated and the education system is 
um, lurking at us. I'm looking at bullying and systems and things oh. like that. So things started coming to me, and I just, like, would write it out uh, in my notebook, write it out on my phone, write it out um, on my laptop, and I began to have, like, a passion for it. And so I would say that's kind of how I started writing. Never did I think that uh, I would have an album. Um, oh. I I think as I got this passion for it, that desire then came. And so really to look at it now, knowing that I'm going to be releasing an album in no, November 17th, I'm so humbled. And I'm just like, God, you're so amazing. You're so phenomenal that, like, you take a desire and you make it into a reality, you know. Um, and I tell people all the time, it's kind of like I have never been pregnant. <laughs> so shout out to all uh-huh. the moms out there. But I think anytime God gives you something, it is kind of like a baby. And when um, it becomes reality, it's like birthing, you know, um, yes. birthing it yes. into the world. So, like, it's uh-huh. been a process. Like I said, I've been writing for uh, the past, what, like maybe six to eight years. And um, God is just opening up doors for me to kind of, like, share. And I just, like, am very inspired by, like, everyday life, the word of God, and just what I see. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that birthing, bringing forth, you know, um, what God is growing inside of us. You know, when you think about mm-hmm. the whole birthing process, you know, God it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes we end up yeah, carrying out good. something that we don't even mm-hmm. realize is the desire of our heart. But, you know, God plants that within us. And then you can kind of look back in retrospect and say, gosh, he was a part of this all along. So as mm. he brought it forth, then you get to bring it and share it with others and pour into their lives. So you mentioned your new album. I'm so excited for you. Kudos, mm-hmm. kudos. And I'm going to be there you. at your release party on November 17th. So where can people obtain this album? And what's, what's, it in t- what's the name of your, uh, your album? And tell us a little bit about it and where people can, can get it and find it and listen to it. Sure. So the title is Love, Justice, and Truth. Um, and like I said, again, it was just kind of inspired by everyday things and, and racism, uh, bias, privilege, uh, and just the desire to engage community with something tangible where they can kind of listen and then think like, okay, what can I do, you know, and talk about some of the things that are difficult, but really kind of getting at the root of things. Um, uh-huh. And so it will be available on all digital outlets November 17th. And as you alluded to, I am having a public uh, celebration party, which will be on November 17th at Luther's Table at 7 p.m., and there will be hard copies there. Uh, so all digital media, and then there will be hard copies that people can obtain through contacting me, and we can send those out. Uh, again, it's just Like I said, I I was inspired. I had a cousin who was uh, shot by the police and murdered in Seattle on Father's Day of 2017, I believe that was. I believe it was her year this year, the year anniversary. Um, I had a a nephew that kind of faced some discrimination uh, in the school system, and so I had wrote about Uh that. And then... Just seeing the wrestle with uh, young and old, uh, or I should say seasoned folk, <laughs> the wrestle with identity <laughs> and just 
yes. wanting to be free and figure out who they are. And so you'll kind of hear these themes throughout the message, like very real life for me. Um, and it was just awesome to be able to turn my feelings and my perceptions and even not just my perceptions, but the truth, you know, in a way that it calls out and it's very engaging and convicting. I have some amazing friends that helped me on the project, a producer by the name of Anthony Link Wells, and then a musician by the name of Lauren McKee, who, like, just did all the music. And so it's crazy how other oh. people's gifts can enhance yours. So yes. um, it's just kind of, I think it's telling a story, and without me giving too much of a, a way, it's just speaking to the climate right. of the time, and it's exactly what it says, love, justice, and truth. Um, and I, I really think that it's going to speak to the hearts and the minds of people, and I, I hope that it would spark conversation and ultimately spark change and think about how Amen. we can help participate in change. Be change agents and be a part of the solution yes. to the complainers, huh? Yes, yes, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. Huh. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the, uh, the, the, the death of your, um, you said your cousin, Yes, ma'am. Um, last year, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's uh, and and we're talking we're talking youth, right? I mean, we're talking young young yes. adults. We're not talking about yeah, she was old 30. folks who. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's that's just that's incredible. And you work with youth, so let me ask you this real quickly, and then I'm going to ask you to share something with us. Do you your audience? So when you go out and you're in the community and you're doing this mm. this spoken word ministry, who would you say your target audience is? That is so funny and such a great question because people ask me that all the time, and my target audience is all who will listen. Like I said, I, okay. I work with young people, um, but I feel like anybody who has the ear and the mind to be open to hear, um, that is my target. You know, I really want to. Um, hit people who feel like they need hope, they need love, and uh-huh. they're looking for answers, right? And I, I think yeah. you can agree that regardless of where you where you are, what you believe, what you have, everybody wants love and hope. So my target is people who are thirsty for love and hope, and they're searching for something. And I really feel like when we walk in who we're called to be, God will water those seeds. You know, my words. Yeah. Our seeds and God just causes them to grow and increase and, you know, someone else can water something else and it can grow more. But, yeah, people who just have a hunger and thirst for hope and love, I feel like um, the messages that God has given me will speak to you. Amen. And it spoke volumes to the audience, the listening audience that I had at my um Fundraiser. They kept asking me, "Oh, where did you meet?" And I had to go through my little spiel about how I met you. But okay, what do you have to share with us? We've got a couple of minutes, literally a couple of minutes. I don't know if that's enough time for you. We may go over a little bit, so I'm letting the audience know we might go over our 30 minutes, just a tad bit. But what would you like to share with regard to your spoken word with us today? Sure. Um, I am gonna share. I'm going to share a, a home. That's what this is called. Oh. And literally okay. it's a piece that was inspired. One of my friends, he is an artist. He sent me the hook, and this is the first piece I've ever memorized. And, again, it kind of alludes back to what I was saying with everybody desiring for love and hope. And I feel like uh-huh. wherever you are, we want security, and that security usually is it feels like home. So I'll, I'm just oh. going to share this. And 
Okay. That, I guess that's that. All right. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I'd fly my way and fly my way back home. Sometimes I wish I'd fly my way and fly my way back home. Sometimes I wish I'd fly my way. Sometimes I wish I fly my way. Sometimes I wish I fly my way and fly my way back home. Sometimes I wish I'd find my way and fly my way back home. See, could you take me back home where there was a sense that even I belonged and I belonged because I was home? You see, there was no need for me to front because what was right in front of me was that unconditional love, and there I didn't have to be strong, and there I could even be wrong because there I would always belong. See, sometimes life raptures my mind into a whirlwind, and although I try, it seems too hard to fly, and instead of time, life tries to make me sink. My heart never misses a beat, and the same things that appear to be bleak are the same things that allow me to peek into the sky and allow me to fly, 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 fly high. So sometimes I wish I'd find my way and fly my way back home. See, could you take me back home where there was a sense that even I belonged and I belonged because I was home? You see, there's no need for us to front because what is right in front of us is home. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Well, with that, I'm just going to say thank you, thank you, thank you for, again, stopping by the studio. I look forward to seeing you on November 17th at Luther's Table. And I just know that what you're doing is going to reach and touch many lives. And so I just, Mm -hmm. I am just so excited for you, Um, so excited So with that, I'm going to say may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you. Thank you.